Street Crypto broadcasting live on Sunday morning at 7:38 a.m. Um, it is April 10th, 2022, and uh, yeah, I got a busy day today. I got a three-year-old birthday party, my daughter, um, and so I'm trying to hurry up and get this show done before everybody wakes up. <laughs> you know, that's that's a, such a dad thing to do to wake up before everybody in the house and you know try to do an entire day's worth of stuff and that little window of time. Uh, it's just a time. Um, usually this is this is my time in the morning um, before work, before life, to be able to reflect on cryptocurrency and life and uh, just to think about a lot of the stuff um, going on um, in the crypto world um, because I'm on this journey where I'm learning a little bit each day and this is my time to just research some of this stuff. So um, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about a lot of times on these shows. And uh, I just kind of just let it happen. And um, yeah, I've been doing this since October 24th, 2020, 2020. And this is my video blog, aka Brain Dump. And um, yeah, I'm not shilling anything. I'm not sponsored by anybody. And this is definitely not financial advice. So anyway, um, let's move along here now. Let's go over to the CoinGecko screen. All right, let me switch it over. Okay. Um, and it looks like the stream might be kind of rough, so my apologies for that. Um, all right, so let's take a look at the coin gecko, see what we have going on here. So we have Bitcoin at 42,678, a little bit lower than it's been for the past you know week or so. Uh, we have Ethereum at $3,251.40, uh, Binance 42441. Um, I'm ignoring the stable coins, uh, XRP 75 cents. Everything's down in the red a little bit. Solana's down pretty bad at 16%, and Terra is as well, down 18%. Cardano down 10%, Avalanche down 13%, and Polkadot down 14%. So yeah, man, um, those are some pretty big jumps. Um, if you're coming from the stock market, that looks disastrous, but that's just another day in crypto. Um, so near protocols up 13.2%. And good thing I've been bullish on near lately and been buying some of that. Um, let's see what else. Polygon down 12%, Cosmos down 14%, Litecoin down 10, 10%, Chainlink down 11%. Uh, let's see what else is kind of worth mentioning. Um, okay, well, all right. So I think I'm pretty good. Axie Infinity down, down 22%. Okay, and Decentraland down 12%. Uh, Theta Network down 14%. And the Sandbox down 14.5%. Okay, enough of that. Um, I want to take a look at... Um, uh, everything's kind of lagging here, so... Uh, I want to take a quick look at Rocket Pool, RPL. And uh, I've been bullish on Rocket Pool ever since um, November of 2020 when I first bought it. Um, I haven't really been dollar cost averaging. I bought it one time. I spent like a, you know, a little, about 100 bucks on it or maybe 
about 60 bucks. I bought it at around $2 a piece and I bought about 30 of them. Um, so I've just been kind of just letting them sit there. And uh, it's just the way it rolls uh, sometimes with a token. You, you you research it and you get all excited about it and you buy it. And then you just it just kind of just sits in your wallet after that. Um, but I'm glad I have because now it's like worth like 30 bucks a pop. Um, so not a bad little profit for a small, tiny little, um, you know, uh, investment. But anyway, now uh, that we have the merge happening, um, I've been seeing a lot of talk about Rocket Pool, and I've been seeing it in to- the talk in alignment with Lido token. And if you listen to Bankless HQ, um, their podcast with R- Ryan and David, um, you will probably hear a lot of advertisements about Lido because they are sponsored by Lido. Um, but, you know, the, the, they don't dog on Lido's competitors. They're pretty fair and open, I think. And, um, I've been bankless HQ. I follow their newsletter and, uh, uh, let me just go ahead and stop this stream and continue this recording, uh, because the stream's not working out and everything's slow, but, um, okay. So bankless HQ puts out a newsletter. I get that newsletter and, um, uh, the, the recent newsletter talked about Lido and Rocket Pool side by side. I didn't really know what Lido was. I just knew it was a way to stake your ether. Uh, and uh, with the upcoming merge, that's been a, a very important um, topic to come up. And uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, so over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about the merge. This will be the biggest event of the year in crypto. It cannot be overstated. How do you capture upside opportunity? Of course, one of the best ways to get price exposure to the merge is to maximize your exposure to Ethereum, which can you can do in a variety of ways, staking ETH, farming ETH, and leveraging ETH. There's another angle that Bankless hasn't fully covered, staking protocols. And uh, um, so it requires you 32 Ethereum to stake directly uh, in Ethereum. And that's expensive, especially with Ethereum, as you saw, around $3,200. You know, 32 times 32, 3,200 times 32 is a lot of money. And I don't have, a, you know, 32 ETH sitting around, and a lot of people don't. So there are other ways to enter. Um, so there's another way that bankers haven't fully closed staking protocols. So by reducing the hardware requirements to participate in the network security, proof of stake dramatically lowers the barrier to entry to become a network validator, sort of. Um, it's not easy to be a validator, though. Uh, it requires a lot of hardware. For one, running a full node requires 32 ETH, over 100000 bucks at current rates. Um, in addition, running a node requires a level of technical expertise that most people don't have. I mean, I'm, I have some decent technical chops, but I don't have those types of technical chops. Um, and to address these challenges, we've seen a number of staking protocols that abstract away much of the complex and technical complexity while also lowering the capital requirements even further. Uh, these staking protocols have already racked up billions Billions, not millions, but billions in total value locked and stand to grow massively as we continue to get closer to the merge. But does that make their tokens a good investment? All right. So then they break down the top two ones. Um, I didn't realize that there were more than two. I knew that there was Rocket Pool and Lido. And part of like learning about these tokens is trying to learn which tokens are similar to each other, you know, and
and uh, there's a lot of various different types of tokens like you have stable tokens you have uh, stable coins you have DeFi tokens you have metaverse tokens you have uh, the bankers tokens you know like uh, stellar and xrp and stuff like that um, you have layer one tokens you know like uh, ethereum cardano avalanche you know phantom and stuff like that then you have layer two protocols which are built on top of a layer one blockchains like um, you know our arbitrum and optimism and uh, well arbitrum doesn't have a token yet yet <laughs> yeah, i don't know if they are but uh, you know and then a polygon and stuff like that those are layer two tokens. So there's all these different categories. So it's so it's good to know which ones are kind of similar tokens. And Rocket Pool and Lido are similar tokens. That's LDO and RPL respectively. But there's also all these others. There's Staker. There's Shared Stakes. Staffi. Stakewise. I didn't know Cream was doing this. And there's Stakehound. So. This is um, interesting to to see. I only, I only when I thought about like you know indirectly staking your ETH um, via one of these protocols, I only thought of Rocket Pool and then later on Lido. Even though Lido came first, I did not know that. Um, so I will get into this Bankless one, but first I want to get into uh, the Crypto Pragmatist. Um, this kind of sums it up a little better, and then Bankless goes in more detail so the crypto pragmatist first sums up the merge you know and if you don't know what the merge is ethereum has been a proof of work blockchain layer one blockchain It'll still remain a layer, layer one blockchain, but it's moving to proof of stake. And those are just two different consensus mechanisms. Um, so let's see, let's read here. The merge, Ethereum's transition from proof of work to proof of stake is coming soon with the launch of Q2, with the launch of, Q2 of 2022, maybe Q3. Um, the other newsletter said possibly Q3. Probably Q3, knowing the pattern that I've seen on a lot of these protocols, they always uh, never, never anticipate that it'll be done sooner rather than later. Uh, so while other protocols and products in cryptocurrency have been able to iterate and come out with new features quickly, Ethereum has been steadfast and deliberate in its slow progress towards a sustainable and scalable architecture for their blockchain. But the transition from proof of stake to proof of work isn't just for show. It provides a whole host of new bullish dynamics to understand and invest around. Predict well, okay, so the, what are they investing around? Predictability of block times, security of the network, supply demand dynamics, and energy efficiency. I mean, there are billions and billions and billions of dollars locked into ethereum and, and and the market cap is really high uh so they don't want to screw this up you know they are building this airplane while they're flying and so it is taking a little longer not as long as cardano <laughs> but yeah Ooh, i don't even want to go in there uh, but anyway uh, when the merge is complete supply will become deflationary implicitly implicitly meaning that ethereum as an asset or eth as an asset or f like some people i know i'm gonna say eth okay just for clarity i'm just gonna say eth not f you know there's some purists out there who say that it's ethereum f instead of eth ETH, I don't care. It, it is what it is. It's ETH, okay? All right, so um, implicitly meaning that ETH as an asset will be more valuable per token. There's just less to go around. Um, overall, it's universally agreed to be a positive catalyst for the network. But besides stacking ETH, what opportunities exist for retail users? Today, we're going to dive into that and more, equipping you with this in revolutionary update to the so-called world computer and we'll get into why the merge makes us more bullish than ever on ethereum all right so um in this report here they assume that you know the difference between proof of work and proof of stake and i'm not really going to go into that here um so either so 
All right, so they've had this thing called the beacon chain going for a while um, after a hard fork in 2020 that happened. Um, and the beacon chain is the beginning of that proof of stake chain. And it was running alongside the proof of work chain. So the Ethereum merge is a hard fork that moves consensus on all blocks from the current proof of work chain because you can mine on your computer you know with you, if you have some gpus it won't give you much i've tried it on this computer but it, you know you can mine proof of work with your computer power right now ethereum and it's pretty easy to do i have two gpus on this computer it gives me you know a little smidgen you know like a 0.01 ethereum every like three or four weeks <laughs> something like that it's barely worth it but uh you know with the more powerful computers you can get more all right so anyway the theory the Ethereum merge is a hard fork that moves consensus on all blocks from the current proof of work chain to the already running proof of stake layer called the Beacon Chain launched at the end of 2020. The Beacon Chain has already been running in parallel with the Ethereum mainnet with approximately 320,000 validators running nodes and more than 10 million staked ETH. So that's a lot for just, you know, because uh, people are staking their Ethereum onto this new Beacon Chain and they can't pull that Ethereum off until everything is fully merged and this has been going on for two years now so those people that staked at the very beginning have had to just had that disposable ethereum at the time to just let it be locked in there for two years and they can't do anything with it yet so it's a long-term investment um, but why is this change even necessary well the switch to proof of stake consensus and the beacon chain is a step closer towards the long-term ethereum vision which focuses on security uh, requires a minimum of 16,384 validator nodes bitcoin right now sits around like uh, 14 to 16,000 nodes, I believe, and will eventually be able to be run by the PC equivalent hardware. So you can no longer mine anything um, with a PC, with a GPU, and not even really one ASIC or just a few ASICs. You have to have an entire warehouse to mine Bitcoin. And like I said, with, with Ethereum, I have two GPUs on my computer and it barely gives me pennies. Um, so yeah, the, the proof of work, um, it takes a, a lot of computers to mine. And therefore, you know, regardless of the energy usage, it, it just kind of um, undemocratizes things. It makes it harder for the average Joe to be able to mine stuff, you know, and therefore it creates a ceiling to where people you know a lot the average joe can't sit there and participate in the network and uh, that's a problem because it's supposed to be completely democratic um, i believe so anyway so um this the, the new nodes will be run be able to be run just by pcs okay and then uh, sustainability proof of stake uses roughly 99 percent less energy than the proof of work consensus and then scalability 64 shard chains in the future and current scaling solutions will allow for up to 100,000 transactions per second on the layer one network that's a lot um right now i think shoot it's like maybe i don't know is it 14 uh, it's some low number, not 100,000. All right, so anyway, understanding staking, the fundamental shift for the merge is a shift of the blockchain from proof of work, which uses miners to power the network, to proof of stake in which validators who hold Ethereum run the chain. In exchange for running the network, they receive a percentage on their Ethereum. Miners get paid out in ETH. Now stakers will get paid out in ETH as well. 
To become a validator for the Beacon Chain, users must deposit that 32 ETH, worth around 90K or so, on what's called Launchpad, um, and it prices out a large majority of the retail users. Uh, another obstacle to become a validator is liquidity, staked ETH until the merge can't be sold, so you're in for the long haul. Um, and so these obstacles have created space for services like Lido and Rocket Pool to enter the market, where users who earn either interest on their ETH, um, but don't, uh, that's okay, they have some kind of grammar issue going on there. Uh, so Lido and Rocket Pool are simple. You deposit the ETH, the protocol stakes the ETH to a validator for you, and you receive a liquid uh, sellable wrapper, a wrapped token representing a right to that staked ETH. So you represent, you get a token that represents your position in that. And then the staked ETH accrues interest, and you can um, you can sell the wrapper, uh, that wrapped token that indicates your position in that pool on various DeFi protocols outside of that across the Ethereum protocol, like on Uniswap or whatever. Okay, so anyway, um, so Rocket Pool is currently the crypto pragmatist favorite option um, as for staking ETH as it caters to both small retail participants as well as people who want to run their own nodes. So for investors, um, so, all right, you can get Rocket Pool Ethereum, the RETH, which is you you stake that your ETH there, and you get our ETH in return, which signifies your position in that pool. Um, so you, you get that by staking Ethereum into Rocket Pool or buying. You can buy it on the open market, right, on Uniswap or whatever. Since our ETH accrues interest from staking, the exchange rate for our ETH to ETH is constantly increasing. So our ETH gets more and more valuable relative to ETH. Accrued staking rewards aren't paid out until our ETH is redeemed. This provides a tax benefit for long-term users and a simple way for staking rewards to accrue. Um, and then running a, a pool, a Rocket Pool for validators, running a node through Rocket Pool is unique and more accessible than being a solar staker through Launchpad. Like I said, solar staker, you have to have 32 ETH. Um, on Rocket Pool, you can set up a node by depositing 16 ETH, so half of that. So about 45 to 50,000 bucks, uh, which is coupled with 16 staked Ethereum. Um, by If you have less than, you can you can stake with 0.01 ETH, um, which is like, so what, 60 bucks or so? And uh, you put it in there, and then you're, you're in there with a bunch of other people with small amounts of ETH, and when that totals up to 16 ETH, then it couples with somebody wanting to run a node with their 16 ETH, and then it makes what's called a mini pool. And so that's the 32 ETH needed to stake. Um, so... Uh, anyone can set up a node by depositing 16 ETH, which is coupled with 16 staked ETH to create a validator called a mini pool. Mini pools are run by Rocket Pool smart contracts and thus are completely decentralized. Right? Okay. That's why they like Rocket Pool. It has 973 node operators, so it's pretty decentralized. And if node operators compromise, the R ETH liquid stakers are protected um, with the R the RPL token. Um, so there's some insurance in there. So if the node is slashed due to bad behavior. So if a node in a network doesn't perform the way it should and it's malicious or it's just like offline or whatever, then it gets slashed and you lose your money. Uh, well, you know, if you have your Ethereum staked on that node, well, there's the, the RPL token, which is a utility of it that acts as insurance that you won't lose your money just because your node that you have it staked on is acting bad. So anyway, or Lido, the competitor, it's a little more straightforward than, than Rocket Pool. Lido is a protocol for simple liquid staking deposits into staked Ether that has the same function as RETH. Um, so 
when you deposit your Ethereum into Lido, you get this STE, the staked ETH back that represents your position on Lido. So one of the potential advantages Lido may enjoy of a rocket pool is the amount of Ethereum staked. So it's, it's a lot bigger, which is north of 2.7 million uh, versus rocket pools 150,000 ETH. Um, additionally, there are more DeFi apps that use staked ETH in their protocol that allow you for more yield-enhancing opportunities, although we believe this advantage will lessen over time as more apps adopt a variety of liquid ETH wrappers. So, and this ties into that, um, the last episode I did talking about um, uh, ERC 4626, I believe, was it? Yeah, 4626 or 4676, was it 4626 or 4676? Either way, I think it's 4626, but the, the, this, this new ERC token that's coming out, 4626 um, standardizes these 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 staked tokens, you know, and like uh, X Sushi and VBNT, and then all the staked Ether, and then uh, uh, R ETH and stuff like that. Because all these different staked protocols have different variations in code that make it not as composable, able to be plugged into a bunch of other different DeFi apps. And right now, staked ETH is used in a lot more DeFi um, apps than than our our ETH is, but I believe with ERC 4626 coming out that it should universalize and standardize this to make it a lot easier for a lot of these, you know, staked ETH and our ETH tokens to be used in the wide, wide, wide world, ever expanding world of DeFi. And I think that's really cool. Um, so uh, Lido may have the, the, the leg up on this for right now, but now once ERC 4626 really comes into play, that's going to make it a wide open playing field for not only Rocket Pool, but a lot of other different types of these these staking pool uh, tokens you know, that, that you get in return for staking your, your base token. So Lido works in a similar way, although rewards don't directly accrue um, to the token as with Rocket Pool ETH. Staked ETH effectively functions as just as a receipt. That's basically all it is. The way... So, so the way staked ETH works is you put Lido ETH into Lido, you get staked ETH, uh, Lido stakes ETH on your behalf, and you leave your staked ETH in the protocol, and it accrues interest in the form of more staked ETH tokens. And you can also wrap your staked ETH, which makes it function the same way as our ETH. Uh, so Lido is basically a receipt. They are both governance tokens. So RPL is a governance token. And Lido LDO is, is, is a is a governance token, but RPL has the utility function that it acts as the insurance for those slash nodes. Where Lido the LDO, to, LDO token is just purely a governance token, so it doesn't have a whole lot of utility. So the RPL token has that going for it. Um, so anyway. Um, yeah, the long-term stackur in a world of quick altcoin flips and exciting ways to lose your money uh, and tedious route of bi-weekly ETH purchases can seem rather cumbersome and unsexy, but Ethereum is positioning itself to be the most efficient and secure blockchain solution for all use cases. Hence, at Crypto Pragmatists, we want to stack as much ETH as possible in preparation, earning yield on the assets just a bonus. Sure, the bigger... There's bigger upside in DeFi, but you want a relatively safe option. ETH is the way to go. Uh, anyway, so let's move on to this Bankless HQ one and take a look at this their, their take on it. Um, so... 
After years of development and anticipation, Ethereum's transition from proof of work to proof of stake is nearly complete, expected to be finally completed in late Q2 or Q3 2022. So they are a little more realistic about the the, uh, the actual merge date. Uh, there are numerous far wide-reading wide implications that will come with a merge. For starters, it promises to reduce Ethereum's energy consumption by orders of magnitude um, as the network will no longer require an energy-intensive and uh, inefficient mining to secure. And here's the Here's a little diagram um, that's shown right here. Here's the Burj Khalifa, which is Bitcoin. The amount of energy uses ETH proof of work is like the leaning tower at pizza. And and then a screw. <laughs> the height of a screw is Ethereum proof of stake. So anyway, that kind of puts it into perspective for you, I guess. The impact of the merge will also be felt at the application layer that is poised to catalyze the growth of Ethereum's liquid staking services. These like Rocket Pool and Lido. These protocols remove the opportunity cost of staking from users as they enable holders to earn yields while still being able to deploy their assets throughout DeFi and the broader Ethereum community through the issuance of a derivative token. All right, so here's the all these different staking options. Lido, Staker, Shared Stake, Staffi, StakeWise, Cream, StakeHound, RocketPool. I didn't even know about all these. I didn't even really know what Cream did, but now I know, I guess. Um, but Lido, look at this. This is all the orange here. It takes up a huge percentage. And then Rocket pools up here at the top beep, beep, beep. so it's like you know yeah <laughs> Uh, state, the stakes are incredibly high as due to the high barriers of entry and the network effects from liquidity and integration including staking uh, seems likely to become a winner take most market given that there's already 10.89 billion worth of ETH staked before the merge at a time when users cannot withdraw their assets the sector seems poised to grow to tens if not hundreds of billions in the coming years um, so this is not to mention the burgeoning staking economies on the fast growing networks such as Terra, Solana and Avalanche so Terra, Solana and Avalanche are all doing the same thing too um, you know, because Solana has some really high 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 hardware requirements to be a validator um, so yeah this is kind of a, a a lot of this are making it able for the average Joe Schmo like you and me to be able to enter this space, which I think is great. It democratizes it a little bit. So while early, the two largest players within this high upside are Lido and Rocket Pool. Although these two protocols offer a similar product to their end users, they are vastly different in terms of their architecture, adoption, growth strategy, and the design of their native tokens. This begs the question, which one will win, right? Because everything has to be a contest. No, maybe they can both win, but you know, not in the eyes of most people. Um, this is always a VHS versus beta conversation. Uh, to me, honestly, um, RPL seems more like the Betamax. It seems like the better version. It seems like, you know, but, but LDO seems like the more popular one. Mm. We know how that turned out. Uh, so anyway, let's look at Lido and Rocket Pool's architecture, see the differences in trade-offs. So Lido, for end users, Lido is a relatively straightforward protocol. And Ethereum... Um, or other L1 asset holder because Lido has more than one blockchain. So it has multi-chain functionality um, and Rocket Pool does not. It's Ethereum only. So an, an ETH holder or other L1 asset holder can deposit their tokens to Lido's smart contract to receive staked ETH at a one-to-one -one ratio. Staked ETH is a derivative that represents a claim, you guessed. Staked ETH is a distributed uh, a claim on, you guessed, ETH that is distributed to validators. Staked ETH is a rebasing token that accrues inflation rewards along with transaction 
fees and can be used and traded like any other ERC-20. Um, and I'll go, go to rebasing tokens here in a little bit because that was kind of threw me off. I didn't really know what rebasing was. Um, <clears throat> I know what debasing is. It's like when your nickel gets a little bit thinner and thinner over time because <laughs> the government wants to skimp on you. Um, but uh, rebasing, uh, yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll get back into that. So this provides users with increased capital efficiency and utility as it allows holders to earn staking yields while simultaneously being, being able to deploy their ETH across DeFi. So you can get this staked ETH token, you can get the RETH token and in, in exchange for your locked up Ethereum and if you need some liquidity, if you need some cash, you know, you can sell your staked ETH tokens and use it for whatever you want, or you can lock it up in another protocol and have that earn interest along with your ETH earning interest. There's a lot of things you can do with these tokens. Um, and Lido is very flexible across a lot of different protocols. Uh, our ETH Yes, but not quite as much as Lido. And like I said, with this ERC-4626 coming out, that will expand the opportunities for this type of utility. So when Beacon Train with withdrawals are enabled post-merge, staked ETH will be redeemable for the underlying ETH. So although it is non-custodial, Lido is not a permissionless protocol. Rather, Rocket Pool is a totally permissionless protocol. Uh, rather, the underlying validators are selected through governance by the Lido DAO. So in order to be a, a validator on Lido, as opposed to Rocket Pool, where you just have to have 16 ETH or you can deposit your fractional amounts to a total 16 ETH. Anybody can do that on Rocket Pool. But Lido, not, not so much the case. Um, you have to be selected um, through governance by the Lido DAO. So you have to join their DAO and you have to go, you know, do the whole DAO thing. And then you have to like go and make a proposal to be a, a, you know, a, a, a validator. So, um, so the underlying validators are selected through governance by the Lido DAO, who in turn receive a share of the revenue from the staking. While this model enhances the protocol scalability and minimizes complexity. And although the DAO has every incentive to act non-maliciously, it does pose a central a potential centralization vector by concentrating power among LDAO token holders. So there is a certain amount of power concentrated right there. Um, I guess that could kind of increase the value of the LDO token uh, indirectly because of the power that it accrues um, by being able to choose who the validators are rather than the RPL token. But, you know, that's I never even thought about that until just now. So Rocket Pool, from a user's perspective, Rocket Pools like Lido, a user can deposit their ETH to receive R ETH, a rebasing ERC-20 derivative that represents a claim on the underlying staked ETH. So while Rocket Pool differentiates itself from Lido through the process in which validators are selected, rather than leave the decision in the hands of token holders, the protocol is totally permissionless. Anyone can become a node validator, a node operator in the network by creating that mini pool that I described. If you have 16 ETH, so to do so, a node operator is required to deposit that 16 ETH, half of the 32 ETH required to become a validator while, remain, while the remaining 16 ETH is sourced from all these little smaller um, uh, user deposits, like 0 0.01 to up to 16 ETH, yeah, to, to less than 16 ETH. In addition, mini pool operators are required to stake uh, 1.6 ETH worth of RPL tokens. So there's that utility, which is used as a backstop or insurance in the case of a major slashing incident. So if a node acts bad, you lose all your ETH, but you at least will be able to have that 1.6 ETH worth of RPL tokens right there to act as insurance uh, in case that node happens to get slashed in the rare event, like probably as common as an airplane crashing, you know, um, 
that uh, it, it gets slashed. So Rocket Pool's model aligns incentives between the protocol and the node operators by requiring them to stake RPL and minimizes trust assumptions by operating uh, automating the process of joining the network. Uh, this comes at a cost of reduced scalability. Unlike Lido, which can perpetually distribute an unlimited amount of ETH to validators at any time, Rocket Pool's growth is constrained by the 16 ETH requirement to join the network and dependent on a continual stream of new no node operators coming online. While Lido can elect new um, validators at any time. Um, Rocket Pool's a little bit more vulnerable to the whims of the market and who really feels like, you know, putting in 16 ETH, you know. Um, so the takeaway, while Lido and Rocket Pool may feel identical for the end user, the two are drastically different under the hood when it comes to onboarding new validators to the network. While it comes at a cost of increased trust assumptions relative to Rocket Pool, Lido's model is inherently more scalable and capital efficient as validators are not required to match user deposits with their own stake of ETH. All right. Uh, Lido has experienced tremendous growth since its launch in December 2020th, where Rocket Pool was in November 2021, 11 months later or so. The protocol has accumulated more than 3.05 million ETH, more than 3,600 unique depositors, worth roughly $10.3 billion at current prices and accounting for roughly 28% of all the ETH staked on the beacon chain. Within all the liquid staking services, Mart, this accounts for 88.1% of all Ethereum, cementing Lido as the dominant player in the Sector. Lido's success is also in part due to its pursuit of a multi-chain expansion strategy. Along with ETH, the protocol has liquid staking offerings for Luna, Sol, Kusama, and Matic. Uh, the native tokens, yeah, okay. And so poly, so this diversification has led to the protocol accumulating $9.6 billion in deposits with staked Luna um, as the largest liquid staking solution on Terra with staked Sol holding the second spot on Solana. Um, Lido has managed to establish uh, incredibly deep liquidity for staked Ethereum on Curve, with more than 5.1 billion locked in the staked ETH ETH pool. This not only increases the ease with which holders can swap back to pure ETH, but strengthens the token's peg and the light and protocol's network effect, establishing staked ETH as the largest liquid staking derivative. So yeah, I mean, I've mentioned before you have to have 32 ETH to, to do a staking pool, and it's just locked in there for two years. That's only if you did that route. But if you use Lido or Rocket pool you have tons of liquidity you can be sitting there trading back and forth your stake tokens borrow against them you know sell them or whatever you want to do you know so you using these protocols you have tons of liquidity and movement and action and you can you know you're not locked in for two years for life if you decide to change your mind um, so as such lido has managed to secure numerous integrations across DeFi with staked eth able to use to be used as collateral on money markets like ave and fuse and to mint stable coins such as Dai, uh, so yeah, Dai accepts the staked ether as well. Um, so and not Dai Maker, you know, the Maker makes Dai, yeah? and then you have to stake your ETH to make Dai. So anyway, that's a whole other can of worms. Um, Rocket Pool launched in November 2021, 11 months after Lido accruing north of 173,000 ETH, um, which is nowhere near Lido but still significant. 571 million at current prices from more than 2,300 unique depositors. This works out to roughly five percent 
5% of the share of all liquid staked ETH. So 5 versus 88%, yeah, it's a big difference. A very distant second to Lido, but more than two times greater than the next closest competitor in Stakehound. Unlike Lido, Rocket Pool has chosen not to pursue a multi-chain strategy. Rather, the protocol has chosen to focus exclusively on Ethereum. While this specialization may help the project entrench itself within its, this niche and endear itself to the Ethereum community, it ultimately limits Rocket Pool's addressable market relative to its chief rival. And it makes me think of about Uniswap and SushiSwap. Uniswap really is, um, you know, pretty much... Uh, am I correct in that? It pretty much just on Ethereum and using Optimism as its layer two solution, where SushiSwap is expanding across a bunch of different types of blockchains um, and, and, and different layer two solutions. Um, so, yeah, which one will be the winner on that? I don't know. Um, but SushiSwap, I think it has a leg up in that aspect as far as multi-chain capacity. Um, so... Uh, so anyway, yeah, you know, um, for instance, due to his uh, down here to token economics, um, uh, although Lido has outstanding fundamentals, the token currently faces numerous headwinds in its quest to sustainably capture value. For instance, due to his lack of utility within the protocol, um, the only thing Lido does is governance. Um, there's no natural demand for the token. In addition, due to being used to incentivize liquidity and pay bribes, Lido, the LDO token faces natural sell pressure from farmers and stakeholders seeking to lock in yields. The lack of demand drivers to counteract emissions suggests that the tokens may struggle to retain value when not facing these current narrative tailwinds with the merge. Um, so, and then Rocket Pool is used for governance. However, as previously mentioned, the token is used for slashing insurance with node operators required to stake 1.6 ETH worth of RPL to participate in the network. So that gives it some inherent utility. That's good. This utility the, provides utility for RPL and demand, demand and ties the demand for growth uh, for the token to the growth of the network. As more users deposit into ro Rocket Pool and node operators come online, the greater amount of RPL will be required to, to be commensurately staked. This usage positions RPL as a commodity token with utility, albeit one with governance rights, rather than pure crypto native equity like LDO. This, the benefits of this utility helps blunt the inflationary pressure of RPL emissions that are paid out due to node operators to increase the returns thereby making it more attractive to stake on the network. Okay, so I'm not going to go on with trying to define rebase tokens. I'm out of time. I hear the kids um, moving around upstairs, and this is going to be a big day with a big birthday party. So I'm going to call it quits here. Um, Monday, tomorrow, I'm going to try to talk about rebase tokens and what they are in the morning. That's a huge topic in itself. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I hope this helped you to be at least be able to distinguish between Lido and Rocket Pool some. Uh, give me a thumbs up if you like this type of stuff. I don't really know what a thumbs up does, except it may help the algorithm, whatever. Um, I don't really pay attention to numbers and stats, but uh, I'm really close to a thousand subscribers on YouTube, which will enable me to get to monetize and maybe get like 20 bucks a month or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so anyway, yep. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I'm going to go back to the screen here and. Uh, yeah, you guys have a good day, man. Enjoy your Sunday. And uh, don't focus too much on crypto stuff for the day. I'm going to turn off my crypto button in my brain uh, for the rest of the day today. All right. Later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot.
I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to EurekaJohn.crypto or EurekaJohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again.